Hey guys, I'm Rob. And I'm Ashton. And this is the We Held It Together podcast. A podcast on faith, marriage, and mental health. And a bunch of random stuff. We hope you enjoy. Hey guys, what's up? Hey, hey. Happy Friday. We're recording this on a Tuesday, but um, I think we're going to start launching these on Friday morning, kind of like we did our very first one. So we'll see how that goes. Or if We were going to do bi-weekly, but then <laughs> Ashton in the little ending blip was like, see you next week. So. Yeah, well, weekly, here we come. Yeah. Um, which I think that's, we give the people what they want. And that's what the people have asked for. Is it? I don't know. Yeah. Um, but we want to thank you guys for tuning in to episode one, to sharing it, to all of your like amazingly kind reviews and remarks. And Yeah, the support's been awesome. We are like shocked at the amount of people that have listened to our podcast. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, honestly, it's been hard to even re-listen to it. <laughs> Like, I feel like I just blanked out on, you know, what we talked about, but, um, we did re-listen to it and I think, um, it was good. I think we, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We can only go up, right? Yeah. A little rough around the edges. That's but, okay. Yeah. Um, well, I guess I'll kick off this week with a surprising question for you. Hit me. You... So, for those of you guys who don't know us, um, Robert messaged me, hey, one day on Facebook Messenger, really randomly, and um, I want you to tell your <laughs> side of the story. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, I was on the Turkey-Syrian border at the time, and um, was a medic for um, platoon out there and had noticed Ashton liking some of my Instagram posts. Guys, I had no idea that that's what I was doing. I just thought it was cool that he was traveling and deployed and stuff like that. Not a clue that I was leading this boy on. And I mean, I could go on about different things, but we had a little Wi-Fi egg thing that we called some sketchy Arabic man with our credit card information. And so we were able to stay on the internet web things and um yeah so uh she was liking my instagram and i was like oh man like ashton caldwell so um started talking with the guys about it (laughs) and it was kind of in a weird headspace of you know just like why not kind of thing um so we debated for probably two days about like, all right, how do I message a girl who kind of knows me, went to the same high school, but we'd never spoken before. This is mortifying to me that you discussed this with so many people about how Oh, it was like a group discussion. Me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all live vicariously through this. <laughs> I mean, any <laughs> entertainment, you know, at that point. Um, yeah. We, yeah. So... Um, we bounced around some ideas and honestly, everything just seemed really creepy. Um, and that's saying something cause Hey is pretty creepy too. Yeah, it so, was. um, yeah. So I ended up just saying, Hey, and that was it. And I sent it 
and waited for the response. And um, I don't really remember what you said, but... I responded with, hey. Yeah, it wasn't much. And I was like, instantly was like, this was a bad idea. Yeah, I was really confused too. I was lost in New York City with my friend Natalie. We were trying to make it to the Met and somehow we got on the subway to Brooklyn. And I looked down and I had a message from Robert Held. And I remember showing it to her. And she said, I can't wait to tell this story at y'all's wedding someday. And here we are married. Um, and Shout it took, out. Thanks for believing in me. Yeah, well, it took a year for me to agree to go on a date with you. Yeah. So, but we did. And then a year later, we got engaged. But, um, yeah. you know, I was thinking about it. Um, and we've kind of talked about this recently with... Um, Like, this episode, kind of just wanting to share our story as far as, like, from marriage, like, the day we got married, not really the day, but the day we got married to kind of what caused your mania, um, and kind of share, like, that whole storyline, um, and it's funny to me because just, I guess, sharing about our personal life, you don't think that people are going to care. To dial in to listen to a podcast but I think because people are nosy and not that y'all are nosy we're we're broadcasting this all you no we're broadcasting <laughs> this all over the interwebs um but I guess the that's my word the thing that I am thinking about is like yeah I think we have a lot of a lot to share we have a long story to share and I think people do like are intrigued by our story and we, you know, kind of touched on a lot of it last week. And what I what I was getting at is that there were a lot of people that we didn't know that listened to our podcast last week. And I wasn't anticipating that, to be honest with you, because I think, yes, we're doing, we're trying to do a good thing with our podcast. But I had no clue that this would kind of be shared with people because I didn't think we would be that interesting. Does that make sense? So... I it think, does make sense. <laughs> so, and, and we're not. We're two average people who live in Hillsborough, North Carolina, who literally, like, don't have any kind of fame or fortune or anything like that. If anything, it's the opposite. <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> um, so, I think, for me, it's like, we, you know, we touched on a lot of things that maybe people don't know about us, and that's something that we kind of need to share. So we kind of thought that maybe that's the best place to start with episode two is, you know, we had an amazing wedding and we were living in an apartment in Raleigh. Um, and you had started school that fall, like right before we got married, right around the time of getting engaged. Yeah. I was attending, um, a community college, um, had zero idea what I was doing. Um, getting out of the military that was really the only thing I knew I wanted to do was okay it's time to transition and get out and um looking back mentally just not or struggling with um you know self-doubt and confidence issues I think my personality which I mean I kind of want to go into this in a different maybe even a different episode, but like if you haven't taken the Enneagram test, you need to, I think that is an amazing window into 
um, who you are. I mean, it's not black and white, but I think it gives you just some good Yeah, Robert was really and, resistant to the Enneagram and just like a brief synopsis on what it is. If you don't know, it's nine um, numbers, but they're like nine personality types. Um, Robert's saying has always been, don't put me in a box. And so when I was really excited about learning about the Enneagram, he just kept saying to me, like, I don't want to, I don't want to know because I don't want to be put in a box. And so, yeah, I just, and I think with this, the more you know about it is it, there's so much, um, wiggle room. <laughs> I know <laughs> yeah, that sounds true. weird, but it, it's like, it really doesn't do that. And there's all different types of wings and yada, yada, yada. But anyways, all that to say, um, I highly recommend taking that. Um, in the words of Plato, a life unexamined is not worth living. Whoa. Boom. Um, <laughs> that was big. Someone's going to like fact check me. And it's not going to be <laughs> something he said. Um, but yeah, so taking that, and I'm a six, by the way. Um, so if you want to figure out what that is, um, he's the loyalist. Yeah. And so, yeah, struggling with self-doubt, um, just not sure of what I was doing. I got out and I was a medic while I was in and everyone was telling me, well, you, you know, we're really good at the medicine thing while you're in, why not just continue in that? And honestly, I knew I had to be moving forward in some way. Um, I didn't want to be thought of as a failure or anything like that. Um, so that's, I just kind of fell into that role that people were not in a negative way. They didn't know they were doing it. They're just trying to encourage me, but it was like, Oh yeah, I'll do the medical thing. <laughs> so I'm yeah, gonna... I think because you were good at it, you had gotten your EFMB, which is, uh, what is it? <laughs> what is your EFMB? Uh, expert field medical badge, which is like basically a really big, honor in the medical army world right you i couldn't have said it better myself <laughs> oh sorry no, it's um just a, a school that has a pretty low uh success rate um it's pretty challenging um and just a high honor that um, someone in the medical field can obtain um so yeah i had that going for me and um i think you know going into going into Wake Tech is where you started as a community college. And I think you were just kind of just trying to maybe take gen eds and see where, where life was going to take you. Um, I was battling with so much, um, unsureness And, and that's kind of how, um, my like mental illness really started and progressed was just, the, the self-talk. Right. So, I mean, you know, that that was like when we were engaged. We got married and then we, that next, so we got married in November of 2017 and we got, we bought a house um, in Durham in 2018, May. Mm-hmm. And we think this house is cursed, but... You... Ancient Indian burial ground, <laughs> to be exact. But... Um, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we moved in and two days later, I had bought, we had bought a brand new car. A giant tree limb is laying completely along my car, just like totaled it basically. Um, but 
we also were at that time looking for a church in Durham and, um, Robert's sister and her husband were telling us about a church plant that was coming to Durham and that, you know, we should go to the interest meetings. And so we did, and we really loved it. Um, and we still attend this church and we really love it. Shout out rebuild. And, um, (laughs) and we do, we love it so much, but I think what triggered the conversation between the two of us about your struggle with mental illness um me me opening up where i was kind of the, yeah the dark side of yeah your I, thoughts and i had yeah. never heard of these before and so we had talked about that last week where we kind of said that that night that you opened up to me was a night that we sat on the ground and just you know wept together and we did and this was that night we had gone to a church inter interest meeting yeah and then we saw Robert's sister and brother-in-law or sorry yeah afterwards and, and this then, is you know i know this is kind of going off maybe a little off topic but you know it just dealing with this stuff it it rots you in a way it rots who you are and so and, and it's it like it's self some of it is self-inflicting. It's terrible. It's like you're, you're battling with so much loneliness, but you're isolating yourself. So you're, you're, you're causing it. But, you know, for me, I was isolating myself because, like, you know, I was Bobby, the, you know, fun-loving, goofy dude, always with a quick-witted joke. Mm-hmm. And... What's changed? Well, I... <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, praise God, I think I'm coming back, but... I think during that time it was, I mean, crippled by social anxiety and my thoughts just completely overwhelming me. I mean, I would walk into a room and it was just like nonstop self chatter, negative, negative, negative. I couldn't turn it off and it would just spiral worse down, down, down until, you know, uh, suicidal thoughts. Yeah, and I mean, so, I mean, that night, you know, we're on the way home, and, I, and I'm just elated that we had found a church. I was so excited. I remember I couldn't stop talking about it. I couldn't say enough about it. I, you know, I was just so pumped. We found a church. We're going to be a part of church plant. This is going to be so awesome. And I don't really remember how you started the conversation. I remember you just saying... Well, I think I was just, like, completely in a moment of panic. And you said something like, there, I'm like, like, like hearing voices or something. And I thought immediately like, oh my goodness, he's crazy. And I didn't know what you meant by that. But now, now I can look back and know that. That sounds really (laughs) bad. It was like, Um, it was like your inner voice being like. It's just like your inner self-talk. I've told like doctors this. I was the ADD kid who didn't have to study hard and was, did well at school and could like just like remember stuff. And so my mind was always going. And then with mental illness kind of creeping in, it just completely took that over. And what was a positive thing completely became negative. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I remember that night just like in the driveway kind of opening up. And like I was not using words like depression or... No, I was. Yeah. Honestly... You kept saying over and over again, this is spiritual attack. 
This is yeah. spiritual attack. I thought it was a spiritual attack, and I also thought that I was just weak and pathetic, to be honest with you. Like, my self-image was so bad, and I just thought that, like, everyone deals with this, but I just can't, I can't handle it. And, and I told you what? Do you remember? Because I do. <laughs> uh, well, you go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember the gist of it. I mean, I just remember telling you, no, everyone does not go through this. Yes, there are times where I have doubt or, you know, I look in the mirror and feel not confident or whatever. But there is not a day that goes by where, like, someone who is mentally healthy is thinking these negative, extremely depressing thoughts every single day and and all day. And I just told you, I think that you have depression. Yeah, and I remember we like looked up the signs and symptoms and it was like, check, check, check. But you still were so resistant. I was so resistant because I, by then I had just, I don't know if it's just who I am as a person, but I just blamed myself like I didn't think this was a real thing and it took a while like I remember needing that from a doctor like I want you to explain physically what's wrong with me which we didn't get until because much like later. it's one thing to be like okay you you take this blood test and we can tell okay you you're you have this illness right and you can be like oh I can't do this because of my illness but for me since you couldn't do that I just had this negative it's negative self image again. It would come back to me and being like that I can't handle this. Yeah, and I mean you would say I just need to pray more. Yeah. I just need to get into the word more. And and I think yes, spiritual attack is a really big deal and it is a thing. And I just I think looking back and even now we talk about this sometimes if you if you are feeling that way, I mean I think it's been a long time, but there are three things that I think, you know, really come into mental illness. Your spiritual life, your mental, like your mental and your body, your physical. So like, you know, eating healthy, exercising, all of those kinds of things are a big thing. And I mean, your psychiatrist would totally agree with that. But, you know, getting into the word daily, being with the Lord, um, but also medication goes into that with your body yeah. physically, like the chemical makeup and then, you know, mentally, like where you are with therapy and stuff like that. Again, y'all, I am not a trained professional. These are things that people have been telling us along the way that we've learned and are just, yeah, I think looking outlooks. back, I mean, and someone even, I think asked this, like, what are things not to do? And you know, I feel like I still don't even have a leg to stand on. I feel weird saying this, but I'll just say it like over-spiritualizing it, mental illness. And someone once told me, they explained it in a sense where it was like, you know, if someone had the flu and they're sick in bed, no one would go up to him and be like, you just need to pray more. And the flu will go away. And the flu, you know, yes, Pray for healing. Pray for absolutely. healing. Absolutely. God can work miracles. But are you gonna are you gonna rest? Are you gonna take the medication? Are you going to just do the other things as well? And no one would doubt like second guess you at all. 
But for some reason, when it comes to mental illness... In the church, I think. And so, yeah. And I mean, I got told this so many times, you know, that it came down to an issue with my walk. Which I think causes more self-doubt. It causes so much more doubt. And it, it just... And then you you just continue to blame yourself. Blame yourself. And that's why I needed that assurance that like, no, something's wrong with me. Just tell yeah. me something's wrong. So I have like... So I can tell myself like... No, I'm sick and I can get better instead of yeah. being like not able to hang. I mean, I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. But, I get it. Yeah, I mean, I heard this one, I don't know who it was, but um, this woman was speaking and she said, you know, this woman came up to her and just said, you know, if you trusted God, you'd get off that medication. And she looked to her and said, if you trusted God, you'd take those glasses off and drive home. <laughs> and, it, and it kind of shows you, and I don't want to put God in a box or anything like that. That's why it's so hard to kind of speak on this issue. But it shows you just where people are mentally and where society is at when it comes to all this stuff. Uh, yeah, it's a concept um, of like, just get over it yeah, and, and move and on. The fact is that there is so much science, even though there can be so much more. I mean, I think... It's a long way The human mind is the final frontier, but um, there's a lot of science on just all the physical aspects of depression or bipolar or, you know, whatever mental illness it is, you know, and you can, you know, the lizard brain, you can look that up, just kind of what, what's firing and what chemicals are where and, you know, yeah, yeah if you look at how stress and anxiety and how your body handles that and just you know when I feel like I'm going off on a tangent again (laughs) (laughs) but like yeah it's just like your prefrontal cortex which is kind of the the long-term decision-making rational part of your brain is just like fight-or-flight kicks in when you get anxiety and a wall comes up and so and I kind of mentioned this in the first episode your amygdala just goes red hot and it's all fight or flight right now irrational thought completely emotional so you're just like freaking out you can't see reason really um and and that's pretty common in someone who's battling with something like this and i think these little spells i mean that's a good segue because you kind of lived in that while we were in durham um yeah so i mean in the sense of like so october you know may we moved into our new house in durham um, you know, we're trying to find this new church. We're really enjoying it. That October, our nephew was born and it was in the middle of a hurricane. So we both drove to Greensboro to be with Robert's sister and, um, our new nephew. And we got back from Greensboro and I guess the power had been out in our neighborhood. Or I had drove, I had driven back separately. separately. Yeah. Yeah. I was on my way to work and Robert called me and asked me if I had moved the TV. (laughs) Oh, naive, naive Robbie. (laughs) And I'm like, moved the TV. You know, how am I going to move a giant flat screen TV? I don't know, but no, I didn't. And he starts looking around while he's on the phone with me and he's like... It just clicks. You know. Instantly. I, I think we've been robbed. I think, you know, we've... Somebody came in the house and, and has robbed us. So, you know, our TV's missing. Robert had an Xbox One from the military. That's missing. That's what we watched all of our shows on. You know, 
Um, we had a pistol in the bedside table that's missing. Well, yeah, and then it just looked like a hurricane had gone through. Yeah, I mean... Stuff was everywhere. My underwear is all over the bedroom. Like, Robert calls the cops, and the cop asked us if we normally kept the house that way. Yeah, it's like, wow. Um, but so that, that was, you know, that October, and I think that's where that fight or flight, you know, is a, is a rational thing to feel when you walk into your house and you realize that you're... Somebody has been in there and somebody has vandalized, you know, your personal property and your personal space. Yeah. And I think when you are living in that constantly, yes, problems arise. And so, you know, that was not a good feeling. We got um, Simply Safe like that day we ordered it. I mean, it was definitely an overwhelming feeling. And that's right around the time that you started going to the doctor, that general practitioner that we mentioned in episode one, to get on medication. And, you know, because you were diagnosed with severe depression at that point in time, they were treating you for severe depression, which what we've found since then was like the last thing that you needed to be on. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that goes back to... The testing is only the hard part about mental illness is you are your own advocate. Well, you, and if you don't tell the whole story, then nobody's going to be able to diagnose you. Right, and so you have to properly communicate your symptoms, basically, for a doctor to be able to analyze that and, and kind of weed through that and find okay, here's I think the main issues and kind of what we're going to go after. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, so then I think the the next thing was, you know, kind of months, four or five months of you being treated as if you had severe depression. You are on that medication. Yeah. And then um, one of the worst months of our life hit, and that was May, um, May of 2019. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I mean, looking back now, we had no idea that May was Mental Health Awareness Month, which is just, it's ironic that a lot of things have happened in May for us, one of them being the fact that we started a podcast this May, you know, um, and we had a house fire. So this kind of goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning, where I was saying that, like, people are nosy, and... (laughs) Guys, we love our listeners. (laughs) Um, But in the sense that, like... You tell somebody that you've had a house fire, and what's the first question they ask you? Were you there? Were you home? Every time, without a doubt. Were you there? So here we are, getting ready to tell you all the details about our house fire. Next week. (laughs) No. Um, And kind of sharing that night and what happened. And yeah, it's not about mental illness per se, but it's had a major effect on our lives. And... um, that night, I think we both kind of remember it in different ways. Um, so yeah. May 18th, we went to, I went um, to a friend's house for dinner. She was visiting from Chicago and I, I went to go see her and have dinner. And Robert was going to go have a guy's night and he decided not to. Yeah, I like fell through for some reason. And so I had a very low key night. Had yeah, I think bo- you had cereal. Had a bowl dinner. of cereal. I remember that vividly. Yeah. And which is pretty common for me. <laughs> and um and then I think just 
did a little work or something. I think you and then... FaceTimed one of your brothers. Oh, that? I don't know. I do. I vaguely remember you saying that, but I don't remember. But I remember, so I got home at like 1130, I think. It was a pretty late night. And I pulled into the driveway and I remember getting out of the car and thinking, oh, somebody in the neighborhood's having a bonfire. It smells so good. And mm. I love, I mean, I love that smell. I don't, I, you, I, you'd be crazy if you didn't love the smell of a bonfire. <laughs> and, um, and I remember coming upstairs, you were in bed watching Netflix and I think I, I changed into my PJs and brushed my teeth and got in bed and we watched like an episode of Great British Baking Show or something like that. And we went to sleep and it was probably like 1230 or one by the time that we went to bed. I mean, it was a late Saturday yeah, it night. it was a late night. Um, and I remember waking up and smelling burning plastic. And I think I sat straight up in bed and both of the dogs were kind of pacing around the room. And I was dead asleep. Dead asleep. <laughs> per usual. And I think I said something along the lines of like, Robert, do you smell that? It's hazy in here. It's, yeah. you know, it's, there's smoky in here. And you jumped up. I mean, it, it was, it was like you weren't fully asleep yet, which... Praise the Lord that you were not, because I don't know how it would have woken you up. That's true. Um, but you jumped right up. Well, when someone says, I guess they smell smoke and it's hazy, that'll get you up. Yeah. That'll get you moving. Um, but for every, you know, whatever reason, I do remember getting up quick and then walk into um, the side of the room, opening that door that was uh, the single restroom. And the whole window was just flames. And that was out looking out to our like back porch. And just a moment of like disbelief. Like what? Yeah, I remember saying, because you said, oh my gosh. And I remember asking you, is our house on fire? And you didn't say anything. Yeah, it's I don't like even you, think I could say no, it. No, it's like you didn't want to acknowledge it. Yeah, like is this seriously happening? Like just complete disbelief. And um, I did exactly what you're not supposed to do. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and it was like, we need to get, you know, the heck on out of here. Um, and so our room was on the back end of like the um, split level. So it was kind of like the two story part. So I was like, we need to cross the hall into my office and we need to get out that window. Yeah, it's on like the low side. And it's on the low side. So I just, you know, that whole in third grade learning how to feel doorknobs. Yeah, went out the window I just grabbed that door and I just yanked it open. Um, and then black smoke. And just, yeah, engulfed in black smoke. It just flooded our room. And instantly slammed the door. No, you didn't. I didn't? <laughs> no, I did. Because I remember thinking, if we're going to go out the side window, I'm oh. we're going to have to open the window. And I remember, I remember the training that I had in elementary school, yeah, which I was... Didn't. If you open a window and the door is open, it will create a vacuum and you will die from smoke inhalation. So I shut the door and I wrapped a towel around, like folded a towel up and I shoved it underneath the door to try and prevent all the smoke from coming into our bedroom. You don't remember that? I do remember that part. Okay. The the towel. Um, This is the part where things get a little hazy because I... In my head, remember remaining extremely calm throughout this entire process. 
If you ask Robert. <laughs> no, that's not. No, you you are like very on point, but absolutely hysterical. Yeah, that sounds about right. And so it was like just completely losing it, bawling, crying, freaking out, but like, we need to get a towel under the door. Like, like <laughs> you know, and that was a terrible example of what it was like. But, you know, is she was thinking clearly, but just... I couldn't, losing it. I couldn't even like, I, I remember screaming that I didn't want to die. I remember just shrieking. I don't want to die tonight. I don't want to die tonight. And I remember thinking we, I was trying to call 911 and I couldn't get through to 911. Yeah. Because <laughs> simply safe, which well, we evolved from our breaking in. <laughs> they kept calling us cause the camera was going off. We love simply safe by the way. We would recommend it to anybody. Yeah. But it, was it, just... it had melted our door sensor, so they thought we were getting burglarized. So they were trying to call us while we were trying to call 911. And so it just was this vicious cycle of not being able to get through to anybody for help. And I guess I threw our phones out the window because I just thought we would need them. And I... Yeah, it was like, get the phones out. And then um, all the fire... we didn't even talk to them. You know. Yeah, I guess all the apparently we heard later that all of nine one one. The only thing that they heard was we need to grab the sheets and try and get out the window. Yeah, so like we went straight like movie status. I grabbed the sheets, Ashton shimmied down, and then I turned around <laughs> to get the dogs. And we have two labs. We have a black lab and a yellow lab. Yeah, and um, they were in the far corner around the bed and like. By then, that the room was just completely full of smoke. And so I was, um, yeah, just really not thinking. Like, I was thinking, like, I don't want to die. I'm not going to die here. I'm going to get out, get us out of here. Yeah. But not, like, not textbook fire. Like, you know, I, like, turn around. There's black smoke everywhere. And I'm just trying to, like, charge hard into the room yeah, I mean, and I remember, instantly my lungs are on fire and I'm like oh yeah I should crawl <laughs> I'm like I remember being on the ground like looking up at our second story window bedroom and just black smoke pouring out of it and all I think is you know when I got down on the ground I remember thinking the whole neighborhood's gonna be out there waiting for me and they're going to be watching and already have 911 on the way like the firemen are already gonna be here and I remember like I shimmied down the sheet I drop to the ground and I look around and I thought to myself, there is zero people here for us right now. It is silent yeah. as night out yeah. here. I mean, it was, and then I'm staring up at the second story window waiting for you. And it felt like an eternity. And I don't remember the sound in my head at all. Like, I don't remember if it was loud or if it was quiet. It felt super loud, but like also silent at the same time. So I don't yeah, really remember that's that. That's actually a good point. Um, yeah, I remember... Well, later on, I had a similar experience. Um, you know, once I grabbed the dogs, I found them in the corner. They were all frightened and pulled them to the window and didn't know what to do um, just because the room was getting so bad. And I remember thinking, like, man, I really can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I was like, I'd rather a, a dog with a broken leg than... You just chucked him out. Yeah, I just chucked him out. I tried and, to catch um, Trooper, I think, and he kind of just like... Yeah, Norma landed right on, on her side. Yeah. But they both were fine. Um, <laughs> they took off running. Physically. Like, no problem. <laughs> I mean, just took off. Yeah, and, and then I remember 
I mean, I don't know. I was thinking like the water heater might explode or something. So I remember yelling like, run across the street, like get out of here. And y'all started moving and then I just jumped and um, don't remember like landing or anything. Yeah, I carried a lot of guilt about that. Uh, about not waiting for you. I, I, I mean, I still like sometimes really struggle with that. Like I, I mean, I looked back to make sure that you were behind me eventually, like running with me, but I, I remember you telling me to run and I did. And I still like think about that and I cringe because I'm like, I didn't wait. I didn't wait on him. And I struggle with that because I feel like that's, so. But I think every man would be like, no, you know, <laughs> I told you to go, get out of here, don't wait for me. Um, I don't know. But yeah, but I remember having a similar feeling once I did get out and we ran across the street and it was just like dead quiet, but just the sound of a massive bonfire. bonfire. Our house is like literally And we're just in watching flames. our house burn. I'm screaming. And every- I remember screaming. I no. mean, I was on my knees. Apparently, I woke up the neighbor with my screams. That's how loud they were. But I and do remember that. I was that. just quiet, watching, and just feeling so lonely. You were ex- extremely rational. Extremely rational. I mean, he was on the phone with 911. Yes, our house is on fire. This is our address. Yes, sir. We are fine. We're all out. Yes, sir. And I mean, like, no, nothing. And I'm hysterical on the phone with my mom who like has no idea what I'm saying. Robert had to pull the phone out of my hand and tell her what had happened because she couldn't yeah. get it. I mean, and it's, you know, around one thirty or two in the morning at this point. Um, so yeah, we made it out and you know, and there are so many like evidences of grace totally. in that moment or absolutely. in that night. God um, was absolutely there with us. Like us. they said the fire department, um, had just received a call. So they all were ready to go. And then it got dropped. And then ours came in. So they were already ready to go. They were already in the truck. They were already in the truck. And, you know, all they heard, I think, Ashton, you said this, was like, um, we're going to have to go out the window. And then that's all they heard on the phone. So they sent nine different trucks. It was like 20 different trucks. Well, yeah. It was the entire street. It was ridiculous. Um, And... You know, things like Robert's brother was going to stay with us that night after a wedding. And he had decided to go stay with Robert's sister instead. And yeah. And I was planning on maybe even camping out with some guys that night. Yeah. And you know, so that was kind of had fallen through. And the same with Ashton. She had maybe, if it had gone late with her friend, she might have stayed there. And Lord only knows. Especially if, I if you were out. camping, like we had talked about just, I mean, you know, and then you think about the dogs. It just, you can go into this, you know, what if scenario. And yeah. I, I remember really struggling with that afterwards. What if we hadn't have gotten out or what if your brother had come and stayed with us? Um, and so I think that that was definitely something I struggled with. with and I, yeah, ifs. I was calling everybody, uh, you know, once I guess we got checked out by EMS and stuff. Yeah, I remember, yeah, calling Joe because, you know, it's two something in the morning and he had gotten up to use the bathroom in the middle of the night and he was staying with my um, sister and brother-in-law in Durham. And, you it know, I had... such a grace. Yeah, thing. I had called them and they hadn't picked up. But, and then I called Joe and he's like, you know, coming back from the bathroom and sees that I'm calling and he's like, Rob, like, what's up? 
Yeah, and, and you were very rational with him, too. No. No, the opposite. I lost it. I guess so. I mean, I wasn't there with you. I, I don't remember that. No, that, but... that was the one time where words just didn't come out. Literally, it was just like, fire. <laughs> like, just complete, I mean, the waterworks, all of it <laughs> was happening. And um, finally, he kind of pieced it together and um, they headed over. Yeah, so. I mean, which was a blessing to us as well. I mean, yeah, and this is going long and we're sorry about that. I'm sure that people have kind of wanted to hear the story about the fire. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I think for both of us, it's like such a big part in our story of, you know, um, kind of what really triggered your mania. And we'll get into that, I think, in another episode. But because that was such a big fight or flight moment and that continued, you know, from the burglary and then, you know, you kind of got out of that, you started to get help, but then it was like this fire is like protect all that you love do everything to protect all that you love and you did I mean you were superhero for sure um but I don't think you ever came out of that fight or flight moment yeah and I mean we lost you know most of our house our house is still not rebuilt we're um in a a struggle bus of a situation um but I think just kind of what that has caused for our entire life, I, I mean, you know, the things that we've been through have been insane. And we are really thankful that God honestly, like, was protective of us. But I think that there's providences that God has. And not that God caused the fire or anything like that, but I think God can use everything for good. And I yeah. think that that has helped to... Um, that fire has helped to, you know, maybe see things in our marriage or see things, um, in like your mental illness that have caused things to come up a lot quicker than we probably would have had the fire not happen. And that is like, praise the Lord. And I can't, I can't maybe put that into like the most eloquent of words. So sorry, I'm like stumbling all around. It's kind of a hard, um, concept to grasp. I think that, we had this horrific event happen and how you can use it for good. But truly, I think God does use everything for good. <laughs> um, Disregard that. And I also think that... Oh, gosh. Now I like lost my train of thought. That like I know. Um, Note to self, put phone on, on silent. silent. I think also... People say constantly, you know, give God praise through the valleys. And, like, it's really good to, like, like I keep thinking of the song, like, I will praise you in the storm. And um, I think that's so true. I don't know that we did that perfectly. I mean, I don't think anybody does. I, I know for a fact that I, like, was really questioning why God would allow us to go through that. And... I remember thinking like, gosh, we're already in the throes of it. But I do remember saying to you on our drive back, we had stayed at my sister's house and on that drive back to see our house the first morning and to meet with insurance and all that kind of stuff. I remember looking at you and saying, I don't feel like we are done yet. 
I feel like this is preparation for something bigger to come that is going to be a harder valley. And um, I remember saying, I don't know what that is, but I think that this is preparing us and preparing our hearts and preparing our relationship for something worse to come. And, And not saying that God did that. I'm not saying that God is like, I think there's a fine line. God is not putting this negative in our life, but he can use it for good. And that's what I'm getting at. And so I think that there was a preparation for the what was to come. And that was the storm that did come. And that was your mental illness. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does to me. <laughs> I guess we'll find out on Friday. When everybody gives us feedback. Well, guys... That is. I feel I like think, we need to end it with a zinger, but I don't got one. I mean, I guess. It was I feel like I need like a tell me something good. Oh, Bobby, Bobby Bones. <laughs> well, I don't know what's good, but I will tell you that <laughs> <laughs> that right before this, we walked down to Wits Ice Cream and we got three pints of ice cream. Yes, we and did. That is our reward tonight for recording episode All two. All three of them. No, 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 no. I would explode. But we want to thank you guys for tuning in again to episode two. And um, we hope to see you guys, I guess, again for episode three. So thanks. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in our episode this week. We hope you subscribe and give us that five-star review. We would like to thank Alex Manring for our artwork and Audio Jungle for our music. The podcast was done by Robert and me. We'll see you next week.